Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got all kinds of technology news, including Verizon picking over the rotted remains of Yahoo. We also talk about the big controversy around Twitter and how you like your timeline. We're also going to talk about uh, Amazon's physical stores and Uber getting weird. It's a packed episode with uh, just the two of us. You're going to want to stick around because Don't Panic starts for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 120, recorded February 8th, 2016. On the Twitter shuffle, Weird Uber and the Bezos Bookstore Bet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that for some reason couldn't afford a Super Bowl commercial. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by the Beyonce of technology. Um, He won't take shit from nobody. It's Colby Rabideau. Yo. Yo. What's up? Oh, did you enjoy goodness. the halftime show? You know, Speaking I of Beyonce. You know, I think Coldplay got more crap than they deserved. I really, because every from everything I read, not necessarily my own opinion, but everything I read was Beyonce was great and Bruno Mars was great. Why was Coldplay there? I thought Coldplay was. <laughs> I like Coldplay. Everyone at my Super Bowl party was hating on them. Huh. I mean, I thought they. I thought they did. I don't know. I thought they were good. This show was cool. So so. Um. I don't know if you noticed this, but like. You, there were prob- there was probably like five seconds of footage of it showing, but they had like the dancers with the crazy flower umbrellas. Mm-hmm. The five seconds of it that they actually showed looked so cool, yep. but they didn't show like the TV was like the all close ups of of what is that guy? The guy's name, Chris Martin. Chris or, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Like all like right in his face. Like, I don't want to see that. I wanted to see the whole stage show. Um, that looked really cool, but I, I, I mean, to be fair, I did enjoy when, when Beyonce and Bruno Mars oh, came out. Oh, they were out, great. But, yeah. But I, I also thought that the, like, the, like, ending when they were all, like, all three of them singing together with all the people, I thought that was really nice. I thought it sounded great, so... And then that lends back to that, because they did that for a few years back in the early 2000s where they did the, um... The multiple art ups, artist mat, uh, mashup, right? Yeah. Where there was um, what was it? It was Aerosmith and In Sync one year. Um, and they did a little. Du- they each did their piece, and they did a duet. Um, yeah. Like I like that. I wish they would do more of that. Um, in these shows, rather than having you know the Rolling Stones come on and just play a bunch of their songs. Um, I'd like to see more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. The know. game. Eh, yeah. Maybe a little less a, interesting. A weird game. Yeah, it was. I was. I was. I was pretty surprised with how it turned out. Uh, I was not. Uh, I don't know. I was. I. I feel like like the Broncos did to the Panthers exactly what they did to the Patriots two weeks ago. It's like and it worked. Well, you know what? <laughs> like I, really well. I think the problem is most people when they think of football, they think of offense, and they often forget how defense is half the game. Really. Um, yeah. And, and if if you've got either a really good offense or really good defense and like an adequately good enough other part, you can go pretty far in, mm. in the NFL. And that's the Broncos really showed right. that defenses can win games. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, their, their defense really just, just dominated and Carolina's defense was pretty good too. They mm-hmm. certainly weren't bad, but, but they were not, not nearly as just, I don't know. They just completely shut, shut, cam newton down well, what was it he it was, averaged somewhere around six sacks a game during the regular season he had 13 in the super bowl so yeah it was, it was a tough game for him um and, and you you start to understand why he was so frustrated now did you have a uh i know what, what the super bowl is three things right it's the game it's the halftime and it's the commercials did you have a a particular favorite commercial that that stuck out to you you know i didn't i, I don't know i didn't i didn't find any of the commercials particularly memorable I the the did you see the Doritos one with the baby? Mm. That was weird. It was very weird. I, I didn't it it I didn't find it like particularly funny, but it's it sticks out as my mind because it was bizarre. Well, that's advertising, right? Yeah. Um I don't know if that'll change my stance on Doritos <laughs> one way or another, but okay. that weird baby had some good ideas. I'm gonna pick up some Doritos. Yep. Yeah. Um I don't know. What about you? Is there any anything I'm forgetting? You know, I, I, I agree. I don't think there were and I, I you know I was really thinking about this and I think the difference this year compared to past years is there were no repeat ads. 
Like, think back to all their Super Bowls. They would run the same ad or at least the same company a couple ads three or four mm. times during the game. But there must have been a hundred companies who each had one ad. So it's kind of harder to oh. remember. Yeah. I mean, there was so one did... Budweiser ad. One. In the whole game. Right. Which is, well, one Budweiser ad and then Peyton Manning at the end. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, did, I did kind of enjoy the Prius one that had, like, a follow-up after that... the game. And you remembered you it. And you yes. remembered it. It's a smart strategy. It's just expensive. Right. Um, right. No, the the only one that really stuck out to me was the um, was the Heinz ketchup with the wiener dogs. Oh, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. Where they too. were running, which it's not like necessarily the funniest or the most clever, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think just too many ads are trying too hard. Definitely. Yeah. So. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't know. I also, like, I can't remember ads from past years right now either, so it's like I'm trying to, like, compare it to past years, and I can't because I don't remember. Well, I think what it – nowadays the ads, they're all one-hit jokes, right, where it's like, you know, set up, set up, set up, punchline, where the most famous Super Bowl ad you remember, like the the, the Apple commercial in 1984 or the Budweiser frogs or – there's no joke. It's more of a premise. It's more of an overall concept, and that's why they're forgettable. Um, yeah, is because they're they're not they're not built for that. Indeed. But yeah, um, and I will self-serving plug. Up for debate last week. Up for debate TV. Matt and I made our weird Super Bowl prop bet. So <laughs> you know we bet on everything from um, what songs Coldplay would play to, of course, the final score. Would Peyton retire? Um, the coin flip. <laughs> what color Gatorade was dumped on the coach? We went through all of them. Um, so. so- so I will say I listened I listened to that episode yes. today, uh, and it was funny listening to it in hindsight because it was like it was like kind of dramatic irony. Like I knew I knew the results, and I think it made it better. It's like if only they knew. Oh man, it was so the whole game. Matt and I were texting each other, and we're like, "Cam's got to <laughs> score a touchdown." Half the bets rely on him scoring a touchdown. Like, you know, we were going back and forth. Uh, you know, mini spoiler alert: he crushed me. Um, but you'll have to get the final rundown on this coming week's episode. So um, that that was a lot of fun. It, it's lear- I'm glad I didn't put actual money on these because um, yeah. I would be broke. Um, Indeed. Excellent. Well, and I will of course mention Dan is not here this week. He's he's homesick. He's out with an illness. Um, uh, but next week, Colby, you won't be here. You'll be traveling. So we'll uh, we'll mm. either not have a show, or if Dan's interested, Dan and I will do it, or maybe we'll bring on a guest. I don't know, but. Some lineup changes here, but nonetheless, should be should be fun. We'll we'll keep it rolling. Um, let's see. Is there any other uh, technology stuff you want to talk about more broadly before we get into the uh, the news? More broadly, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything in particular. The only, I guess, the only thing we could talk about that I don't know if we've touched on this at any point, but all the like how. I don't know, Apple making bad software, controversy. I don't even know if controversy is the right would, word. Would, now remind me, which... I don't know. There's just been a lot of people, like, a, a, a higher than normal rate of complaining about how Apple software has become less and less reliable. I don't know, this big, big news, but it could only be in, like, my Twitter circles. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem with Twitter, isn't it, right? Is you get, you're in an echo chamber, <laughs> you pretty much only yes, hear what you want yeah. to hear. Um, I love that with politics because I follow a lot of people about the election. And so I'll be I'm always on Twitter reading stuff and then I'll hear the news and, you know, like on CNN or something. And I'm like, wait, that there's no way that's right. But but it's only my circle that's telling me what I want to hear. So, right. um, yeah. yeah, Apple software. Um, that's a good point. Of course, you know, I'm not a, a Mac. Is it Mac stuff sure. or is it iOS? I, I think it's like, is it all, uh, all of it? I think it's all of it with, uh, perhaps like weighted towards Mac stuff maybe, but I mean, certainly like interrupt things in the way like things don't sync. And I don't know, there's like people talk about like photos and like the photos app is kind of nice and Mm -hmm. like the syncing sort of works, but like it doesn't do half the stuff that iPhoto did, which is like, okay but also not okay because it doesn't do stuff and mm-hmm. I, it might be a better discussion to have when dan's here too because <laughs> the two apple guys are on yeah right right i mean i i suppose my immediate argument back to that would be does android work all that well does does windows work all that well <laughs> i mean no well so so i think the argument is that that's true 
Uh, but the reason people like Apple is because it's better. It's mm. like they're not they're not living up to their own standards. Ah, um, that is a much and better argument. And that's why. Right. And it's not it's not the like it's always been the case that other places had more features and things, mm-hmm. but it was always the case that like Apple was a compromise worth making because it worked so much better. Mm-hmm. And people feel like that's not the case right now. So on the software side, like hardware-wise, Apple still obviously makes beautiful, beautiful machines. Um, but software-wise, uh, things have gotten a little weird lately. And it's like, I don't know. It's 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 uh, floating. Excuse me. That that thought is floating around the Twitter spheres. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, mention it when Dan's back, but I, it is an interesting argument, and, and I don't think it's surprising people are having it, and, and to some degree, I certainly agree um, that if there was a weak point for Apple, it is software. Um, the, only, the only upside I would give them is I think Apple is absolutely on the forefront of product updates. Um, I mean, when you can regularly every year on the clock announce a new version of iOS with new features um, and features that improve on old features, um, even if you're not perfect, as long as you're showing improvement, that to Mm -hmm. me is valuable because you look at the fracturing of Android and you look at, you know, how long it's taking people to upgrade to Windows 10. Um, I, I do give them points for that where at least it seems like they're trying and have a system in place to improve those. But but it does have a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't my stuff perfect every time? Oh, it's unfair. <laughs> Turns out it's hard. Expect perfect products. That's always my favorite <laughs> right. joke with self-driving cars, where it's like, well, your phone works perfectly, and your computer works perfectly, and your printer works perfectly. Of course your car will work perfectly. It's like, eh, it's scary to think. Not exactly. We, we, can't, we can't make apps for phones, but we're going to make a self-driving car? <laughs> oh, boy, that's a little right. terrifying. Yeah. Um, yep. But we'll hope for the best. Yep. Um. Yes. So, uh, well, speaking of the Twitter sphere. Oh, my goodness. You're beating me to it. You knew what I was going to ask you, and you already have an answer. Sweet, sweet segue. Sweet segue, indeed. So, Colby, you want to jump into the Twitter timeline. And to me, this is, uh, in my opinion, the most interesting story we have in the rundown this week. Um, Twitter's algorithmic timeline. Um, BuzzFeed uh, put out a report this week, of course, the, the beta has been around for, they've been beta testing it with users for a while, but BuzzFeed put out a report saying it's going to roll out more globally. Um, an algorithmic timeline on your Twitter, what does that mean? Well, um, it will be opt-in, so relax. It will be like a separate area of, a, a separate option. You can check the box and join. Um, but the way it works is they will show you um, tweets out of order, essentially. Tweets they think you will be more interested in than just a raw list of your feed. Now, um, I want to read a direct quote here so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, it will reorder your timeline based on um, an algorithm that ranks tweets, um, the same one for, as the while you were away feature, if you've seen that um, in Twitter. And then what you can do is, um, a- as you scroll through the tweets... When you get to the top and you and you flick down to like refresh your feed, um, it'll revert back to the regular timeline. It's kind of complicated, and we'll see more when it rolls out. But hmm. um, the internet was quite upset. Uh, is it opt in? Is it opt out? How will this change Twitter? Is this a bad direction for them? Um, you know, we saw how the moments feature sort of rolled out and landed with a bit of a thud. Um, what exactly does this mean for Twitter? Colby, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I will say, recently, I've, I've like, I don't know, I've been feeling kind of restless uh, with my Twitter feed, and I don't know, like, I don't know what I want from it anymore. Like, the, the, like stream of stuff that I I'd been interested in has like, I guess it's just gotten a little stale for me. Like I'm just not as into, into it before as I was before. And I don't like, I don't know how to fix it. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I don't have a new thing that I'm interested in, but I, I, because of the way, so I'm going to take a positive spin on this. And I don't necessarily feel this way. Um, 
but I've just like, I don't know. I was reading through the links tonight and I was thinking about this and how like maybe it would be good. And I don't like, I'm, I've always been like very selective with who I would follow on Twitter because, uh, I have to like, I have to, if there's, there's like a max number of tweets I'm willing to read. Um, you know, like if every time I open my app and there are, there are 125 new tweets, I'm not going to read them all. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, I don't know. It's just too many. It's like really overwhelming. I don't want to see that. So, uh, when, I don't know. I just, I just like pretty routinely go through and like unfollow people as I follow new people. So I try and stay around like a little over, usually I've been a little over a hundred people I'm following. And I found that to be like the right amount, like at any given like hour increment, I can open it up and see like 10 new tweets and that's fine. That's great. That's like what I want from it. Um, but I've just found myself like all of a sudden kind of bored with all of this stuff. And I don't, uh, like, like going, I, I don't know. I, I almost wish it would do some of the work for me. Like it feels really daunting and like, I don't know what I want to read right now. And part of me thinks that maybe if this was, uh, I don't know, uh, more, more like Facebook in the sense that I could follow whoever I wanted, um, and have some like sort of like passive way of like getting things that I'm interested in and not, not more importantly, like just seeing less of the things I'm just not that interested in anymore. Uh, it might be more pleasant for me than, than, than it is right now. So I don't know. I'm like tentatively optimistic. Like it could be really bad. Like it could ruin the car. You know, I've, I've heard people say it like ruins the conversation, the flow of conversation or whatever, but I don't know. I don't think the flow of conversations are particularly well surfaced anyways. Um, unless you like dive into them, which if I'm interested, I usually do dive into them. So, so I think that's fine. That may also be because I use, I use tweet mostly not the Twitter app. So exactly. This wouldn't even apply to you technically. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, and that, I guess that's another question. Like, is it? I I feel like it's probably not something I would invest in right away. But in the future, would this be something that would surface to third party clients, or is this only something that you'll be able to get in the Twitter, uh, the Twitter proper iOS property? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I think it it could be good. It could be like what I want because. Like Twitter has been for me a very specific like portion of people, like not really friends, but more work tech, like things I'm interested in where Facebook is like just my friends, like people I actually know and like social stuff and I've kept them separate like that. But, and it's been, that's been good. I think I'd like to continue that, but I think I need some help from Twitter at this point. Like, I don't know what to do with it. What what do you think? <laughs> um, I I agree with a chunk of what you're saying, and for me, it's separating the fear from the fact, right? And I think the reason this and ever nearly ever all, all the like heavy tweeters that sounded awful, the heavy people who tweet a lot <laughs> uh, that I follow were very worried about this when it was announced. Heavy people who tweet a lot. The heavy That's people, rude, people who heavy tweet a lot often all the time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm running out of words. <laughs> They were very afraid, and and I get it. I get it. For me, Facebook's algorithm newsfeed is one of the worst features of Facebook. It shows me things I don't want to see. I miss things I do want to see. I don't understand it. It it's ruins my interactions with certain brands and things who they insist on wanting to charge to reach me. And it, and Facebook doesn't, as far as I know, give me the option to turn off the algorithm part and to just see a raw feed, right? Sort of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if you know of a way. It- I'd they did at one point. I don't um, know how you do it anymore. And though. I'm sure it's a buried setting nobody ever finds. So I get the fear. I get the fear. But, Colby, and I think you touched on this, options are good. That's what I liked about moments and while you were away and some of these things. They're not required. 
it's always there. Yes. So you can do it on Facebook. <gasps> really? And if you go to, yes. Yeah, so if you're, I, I don't know, I'm looking at the desktop website, but if you go, so if you're on newsfeed, the, the menu on the left where under your favorites thing, where it, sa- it says favorites, then it says newsfeed. Um, there's a little arrow next to newsfeed, and you can see top stories are most recent. Ah. Uh, and most recent is chronological. Yay. Oh, look, Colby, saving the day. You know, and I, I would just like to point it's, out. It's, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like it's super buried. Yeah. It took me a couple minutes I to I would find never think it. to look there. Well, and just, just, just to prove a point, um, you know, our, our when when the Don't Panic page, which our Facebook page, which I admit isn't the most exciting Facebook page on earth, but we have three thousand likes. We reach four, five, six, seven, eight people in a post. Right. It's just for me not an effective system. Here's what I think Twitter should do because I'm sick of bashing on Facebook. It's not fair. Twitter needs a range of options, which I realize for a big company is maybe not the most effective way. But I want a range of options, right? I want everything from a raw feed to a fully algorithmic feed. But I'm interested at in what's in between. And I think you're right, Colby. You say you follow about 100 people. I'm following about 565 people right now. That's and crazy. I read probably 90% of that. And I agree. It's overwhelming. So I would like features like, Sean, these are the, uh, the people you scroll by and never actually read. Here are the ones you're most likely to do that. Would you like to unfollow them? Great. Love it. I don't often realize who I'm not reading more so than who I am. Give me an option like that or like a while you were away. So 90% of the time it's a raw feed. But for the few times I've been off Twitter for a couple days and I just want to see what's going on, I want that option. I think moments is a good way at that. Um, And yes, I agree. An algorithmic feed is a good option for people, especially new users of Twitter and people who aren't necessarily hardcore want to read everything users. Um, I think it's a great option to have. Twitter's problem is going to be explaining it to people, rolling it out, mm-hmm. making it clear, like we just talked about how it's not clear on Facebook, um, yeah. and, and how to establish it on their app in a way that works. Because most people claim, and I don't have the numbers to prove this, that Moments is not has not been a successful rollout them, to them because people don't use it. So I don't know if that's an education issue or just people don't want it, but... How do you explain it to users? How do you get them excited to use it and say, we've created a more effective way to use Twitter that doesn't reduce your experience? Because that's what I feel happens on other platforms. So it's an interesting concept. Right. And so I think one of the things I do like about the algorithmic feed on Facebook is that uh, at least at this point, it's, it's very receptive to feedback. So like... If you're willing to go in and not just on ads either, mm-hmm. I feel like it's always been the case that you could say like, I don't like this ad, but it, at this point, like you, on any given post, you can say, I don't want to see this anymore. And, uh, in addition to that, they'll usually ask a follow-up question if you want to, like, why aren't yep. you interested in this? Like, do you not want to see posts from this person? Do you not, not want to see posts about this thing? Do you not want to see posts, um, you know, from this page? Uh, and it's, it's, it's actually really good. Like if you, I I mean, this is sort of a power usury thing to do. And honestly, probably only a thing I thought to do because I used to work at Facebook and Mm -hmm. the people are like, wait, why don't you, why don't you like, uh, like tell it what you want to see? And I was like, oh, I guess I never, I never thought of it. Cause I mean, it's hidden behind that little drop down. How do you get it in front of people? Exactly. Um, so that's the. I mean, that's the problem, right? I, and I think that's that's a problem that Twitter will have, like trying to do this. Like, like Facebook's been working on that for ages. Uh, and I'm, so, I'm sure they spent uh, tons of time on the, the interactions and that, that feedback stuff, but also just tons of time on their algorithm. Um, and it's not like, it certainly has not been the case that they got it right, right away. Like, mm-hmm. so. Well, and, I, and again, a lot of people like it on Facebook. And honestly, I think Facebook without it would be almost unmanageable um, for some people. So that's that's why I like I like having the options. But I do understand the fear because this is kind of what Facebook did and what other platforms have done where they slowly introduce a feature and then that becomes permanent. So the fear mm-hmm. being is will there be some point in the future where you can't get a raw news feed or a raw timeline or you you you're it's so buried you can barely find it. Um, 
And then, of course, what do you do with third-party clients? You know, Twitter right now is very strict about how you get to use their API. Tweetbot's grandfathered in. Um, that's why you don't really see new Twitter clients uh, because they don't really let you do it. So if Twitter becomes mm-hmm. the only app or, or one of two or three apps, they have a lot of control, right? So h- how do you manage that? And and I-, I would certainly be willing to give it a try because I do think I see too many tweets right now. So I would certainly give it a try, but um, this is going to be a, a big test for Twitter because t- as far as I know, this is this could be one of the biggest changes to their platform since they rolled it out, because the timeline's never really been touched. Yeah, while well, you were away yeah. a little bit, but that's more layering on top. I mean, you're talking about fundamental changes. Yeah. See, I I found I I don't particularly care for while you were away. I think it's no. kind of intrusive. Like, I would rather like if it's going to be that way, like look at it that way. I'm interested to look at everything that mm-hmm. way. Um, but I don't like that like big chunk that takes Agreed. up my first view because it's not like. I don't know. It's just not how I'm using it. And the other thing is like they have that big chunk that takes up your first view and then right under it is like suggested people to follow. So like your first screen is not tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that's that's very frustrating. I think that's a thing that Facebook does better, too, is where like their their sort of inserts, be it ads or or find your friends or whatever, are like kind of scattered. They don't feel like inserts. The they feel like part of your feed. Right. Right. It's like it's much less jarring. Absolutely, and and now have you yeah. have you I know I'm I know you use Tweetbot, but uh, have you used Moments at all in the Twitter app? I used it a little when it first came out. Like I think it's kind of interesting. Like I don't know. I guess is it surfaced at all? Like yeah, is there ever? A, hmm? I'm I'm loading Twitter right now. <laughs> oh, like where? Oh, it's on the on the trends, right? Yeah, on the left. Yeah, and it's mostly I don't I've never I've only used it on the mobile app because I tried it on the Twitter mobile app, so I don't know what it is on the website. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's people curated to some degree, um, tr- top stories and top events. Like I'm sure there was a Super Bowl moments, um, right. where they do tweets and pictures and video. Um, and and I. I thought the idea and the fundamentals were really good. I had some issues with the execution and the user experience and the interface. Um, it was confusing to me. But yeah. I thought the fundamental idea was great. I would use a feature like that all the time. All the time. You know, you know, I sort of wish it was, like, tailored to me. Like, it feels pretty – Maybe I'm, maybe it is to some extent, but it feels pretty global. Like these are things that are just happening regardless mm-hmm. of what I'm into. Uh, I think it would be – I would be more interested. In it. I would definitely use it more if it was, um, you know, kind of surfacing things from like the periphery of my Twitter graph, right? Like yeah. the things that are like beyond my my like – I don't know, to talk in video game terms, <laughs> like beyond my fog, in the fog of war, right? Well, that yeah. are just, like even just beyond that well, I can't see. In because, terms of LinkedIn, uh, it's your second and third connections, right? It's, it's just beyond yeah. your core network. That would be very yeah. interesting. Right. And then, then it's a, you know, like when Moments first launched, I looked at it a few times and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like I looked at an article or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like what it comes down to is like most of that stuff is just not for me. Like I don't, you know, I'm not right now I'm, I'm seeing the top one is like the bachelor. Like I'm not interested in the bachelor and I'm at, in fact, I'm actively not interested in, I'm actively uninterested yep. in the bachelor. Um, and there's no way for me to like, Oh, trends tailored just for you. <laughs> Wow. It does exist. Again, poor user interface. Why are they hiding this stuff? Yeah. It's like, come like on. why didn't they just ask me that? <sighs> yeah. It Man, t- t- anything that's tailored or algorithmically done, if it's not done right, don't don't do it at all. Um and I I just hope Twitter has the data and the experience to 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 make a tailoring system that works and doesn't doesn't make weird assumptions, but Yeah. I'm like really confused about what the, what what happened. Like, there's a change link, and it says trends tailored just for you. And then, so one thing I can't figure out if I have tailored trends or if I need to switch it on. Like, there's a button that says change and a button that says keep tailored trends. But like these don't these trends I'm seeing do not feel tailored to me. 
I'm 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 very confused. Uh, but. Awesome. Oh, people people come for technology news and they stay for us to be confused on how social media works. Um, I feel so old. Ugh. Also, so and in, in other news, I'm feeling old. Uh, before, like months before I moved to Boston, Jill and I came here and went to like a music festival. Um, and it's like a semi-annual thing. So like every six months they have this music festival called Boston Calling. Um, and the the one, the first one that we went to, we knew like all of the bands and we were so excited about all of them. And they just recently like sent out the list of the next, the bands for the next spring. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of them. So it's like two and a half or three years later, I'm officially old now. Like I'm no longer in touch with what is hip. And it, uh, it it was a little sad. I I don't even know what music festivals are, so you're at least a step ahead of me. Yeah. So, got <laughs> you. Oh boy, hanging out with the kids. Uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll continue on here in the news, Colby. What else here uh, is exciting? That was a that was a fun discussion. Um, but we've got more stuff uh, here. Uh, we've got yeah. I mean, I think I'll leave it to you to pick. Oh the next boy, one I, that's I, I think that's fair one. with two of us. I can't dump it on you and Dan like I normally do. Um, yep. let's talk about. <sighs> I feel like we talked about it on the show a little bit before, but I want to do some brainstorming around this, and that would be uh, Amazon's physical stores. So. You may know Amazon not only as a jungle, but also as a um, fine purveyor of internet goods, the largest store on the internet. Um, Something like a third of all internet sales go through Amazon. It's crazy. Um, And now they're going to get into the real world at a time when retail is tanking. Um, You haven't announced anything. A lot of this is rumor and speculation, but I'll kind of break it down. They have a whole division designed in Amazon to be working on retail, so it's claimed. Um, We did talk on the show, I know previously, about them launching a store in Seattle, one store. Um, And they're supposedly going to roll out um, a few more focused on books, uh, specific selections of books based on the website, as well as Amazon's technology like Kindle Fire tablets and the Echo speaker. Um, But what's interesting to me is this report claims they would open up more types of retail stores that aren't bookstores. No idea of how that would work. There was one uh, retail store related patent application Amazon filed. um, And the way it works is customers pick an item off the shelf and they're automatically charged for it as they walk out the door and they just pick it up and walk away with it, Um, which is an interesting idea. Um, And a, a mall company CEO was uh, was quoted as as saying, and he later retracted it, that Amazon was planning on opening 300 to 400 stores, um, <laughs> or at least that's what he believed. So um, I thought this would be an interesting discussion because, A, will Amazon do it? B, should they do it? And C, if they do it, what cool stuff could Amazon do in retail to really, to really blow the lid off of uh, the retail market? Because right now, if if you've been paying, I know Colby, you're a big fan of the uh, commercial real estate uh, market, um, but it's it's rough. Retail is closing <laughs> rapidly. It's not a good place to be right now. So it's interesting that Amazon is going into it. Um, I guess you start on the last one, so I can start on this one. I think Amazon is actually not stupid to do this. I'm not gonna say they're smart. I think that's a stretch, but I don't think they're stupid to do this, and I think they're smart to try it. And here's why. As much as we like to claim everything's going digital, I think there are just some experiences that you're going to have in person. I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. And I think Amazon is thinking if we can get 70% of the retail experience on the website and then own the other 30% that isn't on the website, we now own 100% and boom, we've, we've, we own all, anytime you buy something, it's through us, right? If you buy something, they want to be there. So why not try it in retail? And I think with a small rollout, they could do it. The question is, what are they going to do differently that caused Borders to go out of business or caused Linens and Things to go out of business or any of these other stores that have gone out of Circuit City and, you know, the Radio Shack, the list goes on. Um, I think... I like the idea, like we talked about the patent of picking up an item and walking away with it. Um, There used to be, I don't know, Colby, if you ever went to a service merchandise, did you have those in uh, Rhode Island when you were younger? This was in the, through the nineties. 
And it was a warehouse concept where they only had one of each item on the shelf with a little sticker next to it. And you would take the sticker and then they would, would wheel out the box from the back. So there was no shelves with stuff on it. It was a nice experience because there were no boxes or shelves. It was just nice displays of stuff with gray cardboard boxes in the back that they would pull out when you bought it. It was kind of a cool idea. Of course, they went out of business, but I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if that's good. But like models like that are really interesting to me um, where when you think about buying something and I think about buying something and I go to the store, I, it's, I, I dread it. I absolutely dread it. Um, but if I can go to a store and, and it's easy stuff to find, I interact with very few people, supplies, like I just feel like if Amazon can just take retail and simplify it and just just get to like... I go in, I get a product, I grab it off the shelf, and I walk out, and they have it, and it's what I want. You know, use algorithms to figure out what in in the area where I live are the most common items people buy. Great idea. They've got data that shows what ships here from Amazon. Um, like, that could be really, really cool. And that is absolutely a place. Plus, on top of that, throw in A, perks for Prime subscribers. I don't know what they would be, but... I'm sure that a 10% discount, I don't know, something. Um, and two, I already have brand loyalty to Amazon. I already buy everything from them. So I know for a fact if an Amazon store opened down the road, I would be like first guy to check it out because I'm already so on board with their experience. So anyway, that's that's my mini rant on Amazon. If they do it right, it could be phenomenal. And if so, they don't, it will be a footnote in the company and nobody will remember <laughs> it. Like most of yeah, their so failed experiments. Right. Well, that's it. That's what I was going to add on to yours. Like, uh, there's literally no reason they shouldn't try this because like it's, they have nothing to lose right now. Their, their business is like 100% online. Right. So, so it's not like, you know, an incumbent like Walmart or target, like there is some, some serious risk to trying something crazy in their retail stores. Like Amazon opening up his store, it can be as like weird as they want. And you know, if it works great, but if it doesn't work, you know, it closes a couple, um, a year, a couple months later or something. And, and you know, no one really remembers and goes back to buying Amazon stuff online. Like they always did before. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. I think, Another thing that Amazon has over a more traditional retail outlet is that in addition to uh, being able to take crazy risks in their in their retail store uh, because they have, you know, they're just this is just totally an experiment, right? This is like Google's self-driving car, like glass or whatever. It doesn't matter if it fails. Amazon is also a technology company and a technology company that has resources it, it has historically put tons of resources into making like hardware and software and not just, you know, not just doing having a website or doing e-commerce, but they, they build Kindles and they have people who research like just new technology the Amazon echo. That's like a crazy new thing. Um, so I think they have a huge advantage there. Um, even, even in a way that, I don't know. Like, I can't think of any other company that could that exactly. could really do stuff exactly. like this, right? And like, I guess Google could, but the thing about Google is like, Google doesn't sell any physical things, really. Um, Apple sells physical things, but they already are established selling physical things. So any any experimental stuff they do, they have inherently have more risk than Amazon does. Um, so like. I don't know. I feel like they they would be foolish not to try this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I, I don't know, I think it could turn out really well for them because I think they uh, have the, the talent and the resources and and the probably the extra extra kind of, I don't know, the, the extra time and commitment to let some like really smart people uh, work on it and get or maybe get the really smart people to work on it in mm -hmm. the first place. I think the word you were looking for is balls. Do they have the balls to do yeah. it? And they do. Right. And they absolutely well, do. I think they have the balls because it doesn't take that many because of their position. It mm -hmm. like doesn't even take that that much gusto to like 
to take a chance on this. It's like we we saw the I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but it was uh, Google last year spent five point two billion dollars on all their experimental stuff. You know, internet balloons and self driving cars, right. and you know what? I think Amazon can can afford. I mean, not that they're as profitable as Google, but you know, no, okay. th- this is absolutely a fundamental part of their business, and I think. To be, it's funny, you think of all these companies that started in retail and moved online, very few of them have succeeded in doing that. So why not try taking online and moving it to physical retail? You know, I was just thinking in my head, like, what is my perfect store? And you know what it is? It's the wire cutter and it's the sweet home, but it's the store version. Mm. And they have one set of knives and they're they're the best kitchen knives. They, they have oh the five-star ratings. They're the most popular the most well-reviewed and if you want kitchen knives you go to the amazon store and you just grab it and you leave and so as as a person who spent the hour and a half before the show reading about coffee makers on the on the sweet home for no particular reason like i'm not planning on buying a coffee maker it's just interesting Uh, (laughs) yeah i just want to know i want to be up to date on what the best coffee maker is for that point in the future where the current coffee maker like breaks down or I drop the carafe or something like like something is bound to happen that will result in me getting a new coffee maker. And I love just knowing about the sweet home, what the sweet home has to say about it. I don't know if there was a sweet. Can you imagine like a sweet home store sponsored by Amazon, like the sweet home by Amazon or something? Like, I would. That'd be amazing. would be just crazy but that's the dream that's the dream yeah. and, and if anyone can do it it's amazon oh i want yep. it oh i hate oh when my we do god this. imagine so here's another crazy idea imagine you go to the store and the store doesn't have any inventory mm-hmm. right they just have like displays and i don't know maybe i like the sweet the sweet home example so they just have displays they have like knives a pan uh like a boy, a pot, a saute pan, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. So you pick one, you check out, you leave. And uh, when you get home, it's been delivered to your house already by, with Amazon one hour fulfillment or whatever. By drone? Crazy. That would by be drone awesome. or by bike messenger or whatever, however they do that. Like that would be great. And honestly, you could and, and even even on top of that, even if it's not local enough to be shipped same day. You could have yeah. two-day delivery delivered to the store, and that's my incentive to go back and buy more stuff from Amazon. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think I, – They I think have so many options. Before. Yes. And like you said it before, there is something like – you know, shopping is not just like a like necessity. I feel like especially here, right? Like uh, I don't know. Like going to the store is like kind of an event. It's kind of fun sometimes. Like there are there are certain times when it's not fun. Like when you have to do it. Like mm-hmm. at Christmas time, that is like bordering on not fun. Um, to a certain extent, it may some people find that sort of thing fun, but um, it's like sort of it's required and crowded and crappy. Um, but then like I don't know. Like taking stuff home after you shopped is like that kind of stinks. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they, it can uh, be done. And, and they're, you know, I was just thinking like of all, they're just some things that I wish I had touched and seen in person before I bought them online. Like they're like, I, I bought a mattress online and I love it, but I bought pillows online and I didn't like it. And I feel like mm. if I had done it in a store, I would have, I would have done that. So for, for me, there is definitely value for going to a store, but I'm not going to go to Walmart and and look through a shelf of, of 500 options with a million other people. And it just, it just, it sucks. So, yeah. um, you yeah. go Amazon. And like, right. And the, it, definitely like all the, <laughs> I don't know, going back to the sweet home thing again, all of that stuff. Like at this point I, I have a lot of trust in them. Um, yeah. so it's, it's like, you know, they've done right by me for the many, many things they've recommended that I've purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I have a lot of trust. But like for someone who doesn't have that already, like going to the store and, and seeing the pen and seeing like, oh, wow. I mean, this is a little a little on the high end, but like this is going to last for forever or, or, you know, getting to test out the, the, the best, you know, the best chef's knife or mm-hmm. uh, try the best microwave or anything like that. Uh, very, very cool. Some very interesting like experiences are possible here. So I'm so jazzed. This is gonna be great. 
and then Amazon will take over the world and we'll all be slaves to them. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when they own all retail, could you imagine the power of Amazon if they conquered online and in-person retail? And imagine they only had one set of kitchen knives and you're a kitchen knife maker, what you would do to be that company? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't this know. Is, this is a, a, new, a net neutrality issue in real life. Yeah. Oof. Oof. It's crazy. Is, but, but we'll stay positive. This is a great idea. Do, <laughs> do it, Amazon. I know they listen, so go go do it. Um, all right, let's see how we're doing on time here. Uh, oh my God, can you believe we've gone 45 minutes and have talked about two stories? It's good stories. They're great stories. Dan, it's a bummer Dan was sick. He missed on a, out on all this great stuff. Well, it's amazing. With less people, we talk more, which is kind of interesting. Not that I'm complaining, yeah. but it, it is an interesting dynamic. Um, we, we can go a little long if there's anything here you definitely wanted to talk about. Um, and pics mm -hmm. should take a little shorter, so we can do one more. One more story here. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be down to talk about Uber. Um, I would be down to talk about the iPhone error stuff. Uh, I don't really care about SwiftKey. Yeah. Um, Wirelessly charging self-driving cars is kind of, sounds kind of fun. I also don't like Verizon might buy AOL. Yeah. We knew know. that. That's, That's really surprising. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, we can quickly probably talk about all these because there's not much to sure. them um google uh the f via an fcc filing maybe consider considering um charging their self-driving cars wirelessly um companies like hevo power and momentum dynamics which sound terrifying um offer systems that can charge trucks cars and buses using plates that sit in roads and driveways. Um, and they can transfer up to 200 kilowatts of power, which is a lot. Um, I, feel like, I feel like any company with dynamics in the name is like involved in the apocalypse somehow. Like, yeah, they invented Skynet, of course. Um, yes. Yes, it's terrifying. Um, that's really the whole story. There's not much to it than that, but it is super cool. Um, and that would be... Um, you know, I was thinking about it. That was... That's always one of the issues. Tesla's, you know, they're working on, you know, if your car's in L.A. and you want it to get it to New York someday, it'll just drive itself there. Um, but it's got to stop and charge itself along the way. And, you know, yes. they had that weird silver snake right. charging thing that was terrifying. But if they had wireless charging, they wouldn't need it. The car could just park over it. Um, that would be an amazing technology for that. It is very cool. And, you know, to like to a certain extent, like we already do that with phones. Like the difference between that's kind of it's kind of a, a gimmick for phones, but like a car that can drive itself like there, there's no annoyance there. You don't even have to put it on the pad if it can put itself there. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else was here. Uber uh, rolling out new branding. Um, it is downright bizarre if you haven't seen it. Um. The, the Uber U is gone and now what they call it. Eight. OK. As someone who's worked in marketing and advertising. Let me just explain the concept of overthinking it, because that is exactly what they've done here, where every little aspect has to have a, a meaning or a concept or a big idea um, instead of just being colors and letters. Um, they describe the, the, the center of it. it it's, oh, I can't even explain it. You should just go to the Uber website because they've got a really lengthy, obnoxious discussion about it. But um, it's centered around <laughs> bits which are all the little squares you'll see everywhere on their new site and app. Um, bits are part of atoms, which atoms are the pattern backgrounds you see on the Uber pages, and each one is inspired by a different geographical region like China or Ireland. Um, and then you will also see the new app icon as well, which loses the U, uh, the famous Uber U, and now, stays, now has a, a backwards C. I don't know what it is. Um... I wonder so I I didn't think too much about this. Like I I use Uber like semi regularly, but not very often. Um It's a, like this is super bizarre. But I wonder I wonder if this is a I don't know, they're trying to like humanize Uber's brand a little or make it a little more like friendly. Like they do have sort of a reputation as like kind of a, a I guess Uber capitalist company, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're they're pretty uh I don't know. Cutthroat's not the right word, but they're they're very like they're not exactly friendly. They're 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 pretty no BS like this is what we're doing and we're doing this because 
uh, I mean, because it sucks, but because like, you know, we can do this better and cheaper and whatever. Um, so, and, and I think now that they've really, they've pretty established themselves like pretty well, in a lot of places. So I, I wonder if they're trying to dial back on that a little and be a little, uh, a little more approachable, like hoping people will get distracted by their new icon and not stop talking about how they cut wages and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they wish. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a, probably a very accurate theory. Um, the first thing I thought of um, was, and this, this happened on the, the Goldilocks zone, which is the, the show I do with Matt and I, where um, we were running up against a deadline and we just picked a name that we kind of liked, but we didn't really like and wasn't that great. Um, mm. And then six months, a year down the line, we finally decided to change it um, to something we liked better. And it would not surprise me, Travis Kalanick, Kalanick um, who's the CEO and the, the founder, co-founder, whatever, um, is a notorious micromanager. Like, he has a very strong reputation for that. It would not surprise me if he's never really liked the original Uber branding and said, we've got to change it at some point. And they just decided now is the time. And they hired some insanely expensive consultant to to put together <laughs> this vastly over. I'll never forget couple years ago when pepsi changed their logo if you remember it to that kind of like bird looking swoop the new one they mm. put out this guide about how the logo is supposed to reflect the angle of the moon and the sun over the earth and how i mean it was like what it's soda like calm down right and that's exactly what this reminds me of where there's way overthought love it hate <laughs> some it. don draper shit it but honestly like not not as but poignant. it's 21st century <laughs> it's like hipsters yeah. startup don draper shit and I mean, love it or hate it, honestly, I don't really have an opinion. It, it is what it is. The only thing that I thought was funny, and I don't have the article in front of me, but apparently all of the new graphics made, make the Uber app load slower on your devices. Um, they did some some launch time testing um, when the new when the update went out, and apparently it's noticeably slower to load. <laughs> the, the, I don't know if they're bigger or what, but um, it's it just kind of silly, but... You know, there are some companies who changed their logo and we didn't blink. And then I don't, do you, I don't know if you remember when the Gap changed their logo and everyone freaked out, so they never ended up changing it. Mm, um, yeah. You know, who knows what'll happen with this? It's, it's just kind of a silly thing to point and laugh at, but it is it unnecessary. Is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think in three months we won't even think about it anymore. Probably. It is startling though. Like. It's a pretty drastic. It wasn't just like they reshaped their U, right? right. Like the Pepsi one was like still Pepsi well, looking. The same colors, like, even. I mean, it's just right. It, it doesn't even have a U in it or anything to indicate. That could be for literally yeah. any. The icon could be for any company that does anything. Like, right. Without the the Uber thing under it, like if if that had just switched, you would get really confused. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very bizarre. Um, so what are you gonna do? More more power to them. Um, all right, let's move on to picks before we run out of time. Um, and I guess I will go first. Um, now, I will be the first to admit, I don't have a great track record on the show of picking Kickstarter-type pre-release items. If I remember correctly, um, I guess the Pebble Time would be the last one, but I don't really count that. That was pretty established. The last one I picked was Coin, mm. which, if you remember correctly, didn't go very well. That's on me. Not, not, not one of my better picks. So with great hesitation, I give you um, a new Kickstarter you can throw money at, which is uh, Pagare. I think it's Pagare. Pagare. I don't I think know it's Pagare. Pagare. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, which is an accessory for your Pebble smartwatch. So Colby and I both have one. We're big fans. Um, and one of the cool things about the Time, which is the latest one, is that it has an accessory... Oh, I should have brought mine to show it. Uh, they have an accessory yeah. port on the back. And that was the whole theory, was that pretty soon you'd be able to have smart bands um, and smart accessories that could use that accessory port to... Uh, there you go. Yes, those those fantastic two little dots you see right there. Same as the... And you use that for charging as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we're starting to see our first... There was actually one last week um, that brought wireless charging and heart rate sensor to it. Um, and I don't remember the name, but that was on Kickstarter as well. Not as interesting to me. However, this is interesting. Mobile payments brought to Pebble. It is an accessory that you strap on, um, and it's built into the band in the back of the watch, and it brings NFC payments to your watch. Now, they claim it's going to work in basically all the same places that take NFC and Apple Pay. 
Um, and they say it'll work with MasterCard, Visa, and Discover. Um, and, uh, and it's essentially NFC built right into the band of the watch. And you just, you know, pay with your watch. The, the Kickstarter page gives a much better description than I do. But it works with the Pebble Time, Time Steal, and Time Around watches uh, as well. And it's available on Kickstarter. It's going to set you back. Um, if you're in the first round, there's only... Uh, Let's see if there, how many are left. 88 left of 1,000 at 49 bucks for just the accessory. Um, and then it goes up to 69 in the second session. Um, and they say it'll MSRP for 89 or you can buy it on the Kickstarter with a watch. Um, yes, I bought one. Nice. So <laughs> I will say, Sean, I, I almost immediately bought one. Yes. Uh, because Dan, Dan, he's not here today. But he always says how his favorite part of the Apple Watch is how he can pay for stuff with mm-hmm. Apple Pay uh, with the watch. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like very tempting for me. But here's the thing. Like looking at the bands, I want – there's a really nice looking brown leather band for the round pebble. And there's not one for the square no, ones. No, 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 no. I was just reading – hang on because you might be – so the the Pebble Time Steel and the Pebble Time Regular both note that like either can you can get either one of those like that'll work with the steel or it'll work with the Pebble Time. It, it does not have a similar note for the Pebble Time round. Well, there, but in the frequently asked questions, it says, "Can I use the leather strap version with the Pebble Time?" And it says, "Yes, yes, and yes." The leather strap version fits the Pebble Time smartwatch, and the silicon version fits the Pebble Time Steel. Feel free to mix it up. So I don't know if that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to read about size. it more. But that—that that was the one I almost—I almost, I almost impulse backed it, <laughs> uh, but then I stopped. Yeah, uh, because yeah, I have. You have a like, really nice band. Your band is awesome. Yeah. And I, I like I really didn't like the silicon bands that that the Pebble Time shipped with. So like at least there are the 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 leather ones for the steel that look nicer. But I really really would like it if it was like a brown band and not uh not a black one and mm. not red because I'm I don't know I'm not some kind of weirdo. <laughs> um, but I do I do like the the USB charging plug. That's very clever. I am going to look here. At the, um, let's see, what size band the Pebble Time uses. Because the round, it's a, it's a 20, it's a 20 millimeter. So let's see if it says in here. Come on, just tell me. Give me, give me the deets. Pebble website. Why you gotta make this difficult? Can't just give me a stat sheet. Come on. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. But anyway, so yeah, so I picked one up. I'm excited. This is, uh, we've talked about this before. I am not a big fan of taking out the phone. Okay, so the band on at least, well, I believe the time and the time steel are the same. 22 millimeters. Yeah, so it is a different size. I don't know why Mm -hmm. they would say it would be compatible. I think they're talking, so I think the bands that in in the description say they're for the pebble time steel Oh, are leather and are leather. also compatible. Yes. Okay. It's, it's poor, uh, poor wording. I think. Yes, it is. All right. Well, I will. Yes. Go ahead. I still may try it because, like, I was expecting it to be more than fifty bucks, and it is a, the retail price is. Yes. Um. So I might, I might give it a shot because it sounds cool. My other thing, my other thing is like. Uh, the thing that seems ridiculous to me, like watching Dan use Apple Pay with his his Apple Watch, is that you have to like use the watch part, so you have to like do gymnastics mm-hmm. to like get it to tap. And like the weird thing about this is like it, all of them have people like doing the uh, the opposite gymnastics. Like mm-hmm. I really just want it to be the side, like the side of my wrist is available at all times <laughs> to do stuff. Like, why isn't the thing on the side? I'm so mad What about a tough it. problem to have. <laughs> like, have you, did, I don't know. Like, did you try and use it? Like, I don't understand. It's so hard. But that's just me. Well, at minimum, I will take the Pagare challenge and uh, and I will get one yeah. and, and hope for the best. Because um, we'll if it, if we'll it works, I'm, I'm so on board. Tonight. Nice. Now, would you consider, I don't, did you see the one that had the wireless charging and the heart rate monitor in it? 
Um, I mean, uh, a wireless charging sounds cool, but but I, I don't. Uh, I think I'd rather not know what my resting heart rate is. Well, I was about to say, is, I'm so. not a big exercise guy either, so. Yeah. It's, like, vaguely interesting, but it's not, like, I don't know. If, it, like, if this, the payments is much more compelling. Oh, for sure. To me than, than heart rate stuff. I'm so jazzed. Um, if this works. And the, the, the other thing is the USB plug is much more compelling to me than wireless charging because... I, I like nine times out of 10, like I'm just standing at my computer. That's like my job. Um, and my, you know, I, Apple keyboards just have a little USB plugs on, uh, on the edge. So mm-hmm. I could just plug it in and like grab it when I leave. Um, these like, I routinely forget my pebble time when I have to charge it because I put it on the charger, walk out and like get out and try and look at the time and realize I don't have my watch on. That stinks. <sighs> Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. They got 29 days left to go, so uh, still, still plenty of room for failure. Um, Colby, what do you have? You've got a, a, a music follow up. We've had a couple. You've had a couple music picks here. Ah, so it's 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 not music actually. It's a <gasps> play. What? I I saw Ticketmaster. I made a bold assumption. Yeah. So oh th- my God! Oh hello! I yes. Oh, go ahead. This is so, exciting. So did did you watch Kroll Show? Um, I caught bits and pieces, but I just think both okay. of these guys are generally funny. This is great. Yeah. So, so I, I guess this started like six months ago. Jill started watching. It was when we first signed up for like the Hulu no ads. Um, so Jill was watching shows on there and she, she came across this comedy central show who, um, it was just kind of, I guess you call it like a sketch show, right? Like there were all these different, like completely ridiculous parody characters and, they all started in their own stories and it all got mingled together. And it ran for like three seasons. It was pretty funny. Um, and it was called Kroll Show. And it was by, uh, I think, Nick Kroll. Nick mm-hmm. Kroll, right? Yep. yep. Um, and so he's he's a comedian. He's been in other TV shows. Like if you watch Parks and Rec, he was the douche in Parks and Rec, the, the uh, ridiculous radio mm-hmm. host. Um, so he's pretty funny. Uh, and... Uh, we really enjoyed this show, and two of the characters uh, were these. It was Nick Kroll and, and John Mulaney, who's another co- comedian. Were were these two like creepy old like deadbeat uh, Jewish New Yorkers, and um, they have like ridiculous accents and they do ridiculous things. Um, and they were they were just one one of the bits in this in this show. And so I guess, you know, the show got canceled a year or two ago um, and they just like they wrote a play with these two characters. And it's never it's not like they're it, it's like the character. So so the characters are named Gil Faison and, and George St. Geekland and they're like in a play like the two of them are putting on a play for you, the audience. So they like, they never break character. They come out and they are, they are Gil Faison and George St. Eglin the whole time. Um, it was, it was very funny. Like you wouldn't expect that, uh, you would be able to sit for two hours and enjoy two hours of these characters from like a 20 minute sketch show on comedy central. Uh, for that long but it, it was genuinely hilarious we we just happened to like see online that the show was in boston we got tickets to like the last one um so we went on on saturday uh but it was great so if they're coming to your city uh it looks like just looking at Ticketmaster, it looks like they're gonna be in dc and then san francisco and i don't know there's like eight more pages of shows so but it it was it was worth seeing. It was like a play though, a, a weird comedy play. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very good. It was like we were going. So it was at a theater that is uh, traditionally like kind of a comedy club. And as we were coming in, they were like, "This is a play. There is no heckling." Like, <laughs> I was make like, it clear. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was it, it was pretty cool. So. Oh, that's awesome. I'm yeah. jealous. It's re- What's really funny is if you don't get a chance to go see the show, and you probably didn't see this, Colby, to promote the shows, the tour, they went in character on the live Bachelor after show. So the Bachelor, <laughs> they do a live after show. 
<laughs> and not only did they go on it and were really funny, but then both uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney were retweeting all of the like young like tweens and teens who were like, who are these old guys? They're weird. <laughs> I don't get this. Why are they on the show? Oh, it was so I was cracking up. It was very funny. Those guys are really, really funny. Um, they were they so they were they were very funny and they did like Q and A after as the characters mm-hmm. and it was it was so good. Like they not they did not miss a beat. There was never any point where you felt like they like messed up and mm-hmm. fell out of character. It was it was really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, hello. Uh, if you have a chance, check it out. Um, or go watch all episodes of The Kroll Show as well. Um, fantastic. Uh, we're done. Nice. That's it. Success. A, a grand so success. Yeah. Turns out we can do a show without Dan. I wasn't worried. That that yeah. Dan guy who? Never heard of him. <laughs> no, no. We hope Dan gets gets better. Um, and I'm sure he'll be back. Now, Colby, you won't be here next week for sure. You'll be out and about yep. traveling this great nation of ours i'll be next monday uh if all goes well the weather cooperates um i will be on a in in i guess i'll be like midway through a 30-hour train ride to new orleans so I, i'll i'll report back on how that goes yeah Maybe i'll like tweet in or something that'd be great i think that'd be yeah. fun yeah i gotta i gotta talk to dan we'll see if we do a show next week or not that's up to to his schedule i'll certainly be around but um either way we will be back at some point in the future but if you want to know when we're doing a show you should go to our website don'tpanic.io and there you're going to find links to all kinds of stuff uh past episodes links to all our picks where you can subscribe and follow uh but i will particularly flag at don't panic show on twitter because uh, i tweet when we're live and i tweet when the uh when the shows get posted um and uh, you should also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash don't panic show. We're doing it in HD now. We got graphics. Um, it looks it looks great. It's fun to watch. So um, you can enjoy that as well. Um, I think that's about it. We'll see you next Monday night on behalf of Colby and a, and a uh, voiceless Dan. I will say uh, <laughs> good night. Uh, thanks for watching and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>